Welcome to this week's episode of Tech Talk. I'm your host, Michael Amorgan, and with us, as per usual, is our co-host, Vic Quell. Hello. Uh, this week, we're going to touch on something that's a little bit more controversial. Not like we haven't done that in the past. Uh, we're going to be talking about something called dark patterns. Essentially, it's these psychological, almost warfare kind of things that are happening within tech companies and essentially their methods and ways of allowing you or guiding you is probably the better way to put it to give them permission to use more of your information i think i got that right right vicky mm, yes yeah like they're sneakingly doing it and this is coming at a time where like things are getting really hectic when it comes to privacy mainly because one we just recently had the facebook thing and more information is even coming out about that like quite literally we just last week found out uh thank you taladrea for hosting um we just recently found out that they were also giving out information to 52 other tech companies um and sharing up your information with that and then they just recently had an issue where over, I think it was 800,000 people who were blocked uh, became unblocked and were able to then message you and try to add you as friends again on Facebook. Um, well, at least that affected like 800,000 800, users and their block lists, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. Maybe why strange people has been adding me on Facebook. How many people have you been blocking, Vicky? Um, I usually don't block my sheet, but like I've noticed like this pattern where like friends I know I already have on my Facebook, all of a sudden they added me on Facebook again. But I usually don't block people. Hmm. I'm a good middle. <laughs> I get literally just started happening. I think this week where like I started seeing the pattern with all like all these random persons who I know I already have on my Facebook were adding me yeah i am very wary when it comes to stuff like that because typically i find that it's someone impersonating another person yeah me too that's usually what i think like the account like, is just, sorry go on are you just like are you just like that don't sit there yeah from what i've noticed they kind of like make the accounts within just a few days ago or whatnot there was one that consistently changed its name and its profile picture and it would jump between being a black woman a white male a chinese person <laughs> thanks <laughs> oh my gosh and like it was it was uh it was crazy when you really think about it it was actually kind of crazy um as to what all they were doing with that and hyper hapless nective Thanks for following. If I got that name wrong, I apologize. I have a feeling I screwed that up royally. Um, but getting back to it, Facebook has already had its own problems. Like I, I think we've already highlighted that a little bit. And then not only just, just a few days ago, quite literally, they 
developers are admitting that they like make these social networking sites to become like crack cocaine like they're, they're meant to become addictive and this is really and truly like seen in china like the way how they have wechat and um like the way how they formulated their social media structure over there quite literally you are almost always on one app yes um you're either messaging your friends watching videos uh shopping quite literally and everything then takes you to another thing that you could do on that same app so i think that's what facebook is trying to become for the western side of the world since we already have that for china and the eastern side um and I'm, I'm noticing that they're like, taking more and more little things like they're, they're adding in the videos they're adding in the games they're adding in like buying stuff and gifting stuff and this that and the next and wow you can even buy stuff on instagram now so it's kind of becoming like just what are you trying to do and then so true like not see? instagram like when i like i follow certain company i make many converts and like i could be scrolling and i would be able to like they have like the thing where you can just tap it and they send you directly to their website to purchase stuff yep this Nothing is how they get you hey eclipse viewer welcome back and thanks yeah um but yeah like this is this is something that is just mm, it's a little it's a little funky for me i'm not sure i really like it the way how they're going through with this kind of stuff um but i mean what can you do right yep i feel this is gonna happen eventually essentially um which is mm, not not really the best but again what can you do you're gradually going up against these big companies and then that kind of leads us <laughs> I'm glad you're able to join the stream. Um, but that leads us to the next and to the <laughs> overall point about dark patterns. And I'm gonna I'm gonna change up how we structure our view for the stream right now. I'm gonna light this up here. So this is a almost 40 page report, and we're not gonna make like read everything out. But I'm I'm showing you guys this report that was done. And they essentially focused on three major companies, Facebook, Google, and Windows 10, aka Microsoft. And I wonder why Apple is in there. Do you really want the people who uh, leaked and stored people's credit card information without mentioning that to anyone? <laughs> Until they got found out and then was like, oops, our bad. This is this is putting that out there. They weren't one of the key one of the key three companies. So, so so what 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 exactly are you getting at, Vicky? I mean, they pointing fingers at a specific three companies. Well, be, they okay. <laughs> See, here, here's 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 page number three. I think it is. Yeah, three out of forty-four. In this report, we analyze a sample of settings in Facebook, Google, and Windows Ten. They then say, uh, hold on, where is it? 
they know they had a reason here as to why they picked these particular companies. Facebook, Google, and Microsoft were chosen as examples as they are some of the world's largest digital service providers. Exactly. The world's largest, so therefore they point fingers at them. No, this is true. Although the examples used in this report are probably not unique to these three service providers. They serve to illustrate the problematic aspects that consumers face when using digital services. That was, that was a little disclaimer, but I'm pretty sure people look at that. They saw, like, if the person said didn't read it, they just gonna automatically see Facebook, Google, Windows, and jump to conclusion. Fair enough. Hey, Rinka, thanks for hosting. Okay, so getting into this. Uh, they use these three, and um, you can see it right above us, right? Actually, right up there. Uh, that these are actually the the way how they design the interfaces are meant to manipulate people, and some people will say like this is how you build stuff so that you get the best interactions from it. And I want you to keep that trend of my trend of thought on one side of your brain, and I want you to keep the trend of thought that privacy is essentially being manipulated away from you on the other side as we go through this report that's what's happening is it okay is it working although did on my end on your end wait what what's what's working what's not working oh I like you got like a little jump on my end i thought oh it was you <laughs> okay so essentially the findings included privacy intrusive default settings misleading words giving users an illusion of control hiding away privacy friendly choices take it or leave it choices essentially choices that say you either accept this or you don't use our services and choice architectures where choosing the privacy friendly options requires the most effort for users and we're going to get into that last one a little bit later on. Um, so, for the most part, they're saying that things like Facebook and Google actually have, by default, privacy-intrusive settings. And so you'd actually have to go into the settings to change these things. Um, and even then, they sometimes make it a little bit harder to do so. Um, for example, they say where users who want the privacy-friendly option have to go through a significantly longer process. They even obscure some things of these settings so that the user cannot know that the more privacy-intrusive option was pre-selected. So, overall, they found that Windows 10 was actually a little bit better than the others, but still, it wasn't all that great. But, we're going to jump down into this company is that's actually doing this research and it's actually the Norwegian customer council, uh, which is an interest organization for consumers. Um, and so it's kind of non-biased in what they're doing. They're not, uh, hired by any particular company. They're not working for anyone. They don't have set prejudice against someone. They're just trying to find these kind of information. And part of what they do there, is to promote consumer rights, such as privacy, security, and balanced contracts and digital products and services, which 
they say that you know they've published reports on mobile apps failing to respect consumer rights and how connected devices such as toys like basic security and privacy protective measures and that this report is actually just a part of it of the overall grand scheme of things um we already went over it and if you're aware of something called the gdpr which is a fairly new legislator set in place by the eu um or the european union then this is something that's kind of big because they're they're basing these privacy instructions based off of the gdpr which pretty much means that anyone has the right to be forgotten essentially everyone has the right to privacy if you're in the eu and since these companies go across the world they have to almost administer this across the board unless they want to target specific countries where the eu is and even then it gets tricky because you may for example live in let's say you're you're a member you've you're an actual citizen of the eu but you live in the or you're even visiting the united states you decide to set up an account on facebook even though you're in the u.s because you're a citizen of the eu you fall under their laws and so facebook regardless of where you are has to follow those same laws to provide you access or block you does that make sense or did i just kind of jump ramble on there for a little bit makes some sense <laughs> Okay, so we're going to jump through a lot of this. Um, essentially, though, what they're saying is that in the digital world, and this is kind of what a lot of people say, if something is free, essentially, then what's being sold is you and your information. Um, and so that's essentially what this section right here is saying, you know, uh, free services often the accumulation of use and analysis of user information in many cases personal data such as uh, things like your political views sexual preference health data your age uh, your interests pretty much anything that they can get about what you do and what kind of things you're interested in or you on a whole so if it knows that you like buying purses for example it's going to then suggest and route you to buy more purses if you like anime if you like books if you like to travel it's going to try to tailor as much of this information and garner as much of this information to then tailor it further to use and sell maybe sell you something or sell your information to another company company that will allow them to sell you what you're looking for exactly and that's why one thing i did like what apple did during the wwe DC event. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, and I found it a little weird because Adobe, and I, I mentioned it then inside our WWDC episode, but what happens is Adobe and a lot of other companies, they actually have a system set up where you can share information essentially across many different networks, many different sites about customers. And they guard like let's say you go to a website that sells a bunch of stuff let's say you go to amazon amazon i don't think does this but let's let's use them as an example 
you go onto a bunch of stuff and it learns the different types of like items that you're interested in. Amazon does this for themselves. And that's why they'll email you saying, Hey, well, these are things that you were recently kind of looking at. Here's some stuff that might be recommended. Yep. And it's always on like the home page. Oh, I still exactly. hate that. It is annoying, especially if you're just looking for something for a friend and it's a one-off yes, thing. And now, now it's stuck on your, your account. And there's no way to get rid of it. So that's, Mm. Eh. Eh. I hate it. Um. So yeah, essentially that's what they kind of do. But imagine a bunch of random sites that you may have visited sharing this information, selling this information to one another. So that when you go onto a completely new site, it's kind of tailoring. It's not even just an ad. They can quite literally change the entire appearance of the website to make you feel comfortable there. So we, I've seen an example before. So this person would have gone to a website and looked up surfing gear, essentially. They then go to another website, which has a connection with the first website. And they quite literally change the layout of the site to then say, like with a picture of a because it was a woman they found out that as a woman they found out that it you know um the person likes to surf and stuff like that they have a picture of a woman holding a surfboard on the beach as the like header image for that website whereas the default one is like a family so it actually tailors it just for you to manipulate besides you it, besides it being yeah besides it's manipulating besides it being manipulative and stalking your well and taking advantage of like your privacy on the internet that's actually a really good marketing marketing tool going to point that out there but it's a good marketing tool by just like invading your privacy it's a great marketing tool but how ethical is it that's the real okay. question you may have some people be like oh I'm so glad that, you know, they have like a woman up there holding a surfboard instead of being like a typical male, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to take more interest in this website because, you know, they seem to be more pushing towards different consumers instead of just like one gender. So you have those set of people that are just going to like suck her into it. Yep. And that's, that's one element that I'm not sure they really get into on this, but that's just giving you like an idea of what all these sites are doing. Now, this report is a little different than that. Oh, and the reason why I like what Apple did is essentially they obscure all that information. So quite literally every MacBook, iPhone, so on and so forth, will get the exact same thing. It, it, it's not going to have preferences. Or like try to show you if it knows you're a woman and you like something, a woman holding that same something. It's just going to give you default, whatever it is. In other words, it just works. I'm not sure that really fits there, but we'll go with it. And this is like you did a default and it just works. Like Apple Plus, you just could plug it in and it just works. So therefore, it's going to give you the default setting. So therefore, it just works. Well, comparatively, it would have just worked before regardless. Yeah, but it would have worked with like a hidden back door that you didn't know about. Mm. Well, you would have known it. Well, some people know about it. They just sort of like 
I can't do anything about it. And like, you have the mothers who like don't know about it. Yeah. So, and actually, they they do kind of talk about it here. Uh, you know, digital services monetizing data, high personal information. Yeah, so on and so forth. Okay. So here's where it starts to get dicey essentially this information puts the consumer at a disadvantage because they are poised to share personal information without having any viable way to know how this personal information can then be used to their detriment to essentially that manipulation to say oh well, i feel comfortable with the sites and so on and so forth um and it manipulates the person's thought pattern which is why this is particularly called a dark pattern of the websites and this is not just websites this is tech on a whole could be apps could be programs could be websites could be games could be quite literally anything that you have a user interface with now if we go into this into uh from the nudging to exploitation through dark patterns they pretty much say that the concept of nudging comes from fields of behavioral economy hi there peter Thanks for joining in. See you on Periscope. Um, I said I'm still alive. <laughs> well, I mean, it's there. But, um, yeah, so what they're saying is that it describes how users can be led towards making certain choices by appealing to psychological biases. Pretty much what we talked about. And rather than making decisions based on rationality, it becomes more a cognitive bias without being aware of. So it becomes more of an emotion-based thing um, instead of logical. So, for example, individuals who have a tendency to choose uh, smaller short-term rewards. Oh, sorry. They're saying that individuals on a whole tend to go for smaller chunks of rewards than, say, taking the time to really develop something and get a bigger reward. This is being this is seen true to a lot of different things, everything from um, cloud computing to like Bitcoin mining, so on and so forth. Um, and they're saying that the developers who are aware of these things can essentially use this to nudge you to make certain choices. So making a healthy alternative in a restaurant menu more prominent can nudge consumers towards making healthier eating choices just based on like. Uh, I think they actually have it here. Right. This can be done in various ways, such as obscuring the full. Thank you. F oh, Franklin. Thank you for subscribing on YouTube. Um, yes, Franklin. <laughs> um, Vicky, you may have actually seen this one in real life um so obscuring the full price of a product for example and this can be even on a menu use confusing language or switching the placement of certain functions contrary to user expectations this is essentially those high price restaurants that don't give you the price and just price give you exactly give you the price description and be like oh you know this sounds nice and then you purchase it and then when you get that check you're like whoa exactly that's why i think there's a, a a phrase or term that's used if you're worried about the price you're probably not going to do well here 
or if you don't see the price, it's probably too expensive for you. Expensive. Yep. Hey there, Lincoln Log. Um, so, I mean, again, this is not just something that's based on tech. It's just tech is really using it. The, this has application in the real world. This is how marketers and whatnot try to get you into falling into these kind of traps. So essentially what it is, and it can be just placement of color, placement, color, um, how things are worded, uh, direct interventions such as putting pressure on users by stating that the product or service that they're looking for is about to be sold out, even if, you know, they have a good amount. This is where some places will also say, while supplies last or limited limited stock, this and the next. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, they know they've got like 2,000 of these now, things. Like, just sites that have like a little countdown, be like, oh, you know, this this offer ends in like X amount of hours, blah, 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 putting pressure on you to purchase it. And like, they know like, they're about to run the same offer like next week. Exactly. Or here's the thing. Do you remember those old commercials would be like, if you call now or within now, the next 15 yes. minutes, that's essentially dark patterns just on the TV. That like That's a form of marketing. And it's so, this is the thing that's becoming more prevalent now because of websites. And see, exactly, Lincoln sees it all the time. And this is a somewhat unethical thing because essentially, how are you supposed to know if you're running this, if you see this thing, how are you supposed to know that this isn't just something that you could just call in and just get at the time? How are they supposed to know the exact times when the things are actually being played? Granted, you can select times generally, but the chances of it actually being at that exact time, it that's probably going to cost you more money than good. Yeah, like, like there's places that... Like you have totally different regions. So like if, if the, the offer is offered in like a place where I think it's Pacific time, mm -hmm. what a problem call, someone calling from Eastern standard time would be calling at a different time than the person in the Pacific time. So how do you guys, exactly. so that's the time, the time's wouldn't add up. Exactly. Yep. So. How does this really work? And one other thing that they do is actually what they state right here. So while they do all of the above that we've already talked about, they do other things like pretty much bribing you essentially to give up your information. So for example, they say that many digital services become particularly large because most users cannot accurately ascertain the risk of exponents giving up their privacy. If a user is asked to trade their personal information for a short-term benefit, such as a discount, the actual cost of the trade-off is difficult to grasp. So again, you're getting the short-term reward and not looking at the long-term picture, which is your loss of privacy, which is kind of what we talked about when we first got into this particular chap like section of this this is pretty much just talking about the gdpr essentially saying kind of what we talked about already um now one thing that i did want to point out is this part right here where it says that 
Data protection by default requires that consumers should give a high level of data protection even if they do not actively opt out of the collection and processing of personal information. By default, services should only collect personal data that is necessary for provision of each specific purpose of the service, trying to meet the expectation of the data subject. So Google, for example, this report is saying that, you know, since they have Maps, Search, Gmail, uh, YouTube, Google+, and so on and so forth, it shouldn't use all the information as one like collective. It should just split it off separately. I'm not so sure that really works out that well, but in a privacy-centric world, that would be the ideal thing. Um, me personally, though, I'm fine with giving Google that level of access to my privacy if it means I get better service. But then again, at the same time, I block all their ads. So I'm not sure how really that works out for me. Um, how do you feel about stuff like that, Vicky? Well, I'm not a Google user. And Apple doesn't push me ads, so I don't have to block their ads. Um, and Apple usually give me like pretty good, as you know, that I know of, they give me pretty good security. So I actually don't have an uh, issue with that. Yeah, but what do you use for search? Bing. <laughs> so the Microsoft company that's also mentioned inside this. Document. I actually don't use Bing. I use, I use Google search. <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling since it took you a moment to actually remember what was the default. <laughs> But regardless of pretty much almost any search engine, the main ones are going to be recording your information somewhere, somehow. Unless you're using something like DuckDuckGo, um, which is kind of oh, one that... Yeah. Remember oh, things like yeah. Axe, Jeeves, and stuff like that? Like Yes. The, <sighs> the old alternative websites for search engines. Actually, I think Axe, Jeeves went down. I think about it. I th at least I think so. Oh, wow. Search on Google. Yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind them like having some of my privacy. I don't mind them having some access to my privacy feature. Like once I have like a decent service and which I really want to use Google when I go to search. Like I don't have their phone. I don't have their products. So like I'm not constantly using their device. Well, yeah, their devices, all their software, like how you use Practically Google everything. Google mm -hmm. Books. Do you use Google Music? I do you used use, to. Or do you use Spotify? Now? I use more Spotify now than anything. Nah. So like yeah, like you like they have they have more like a, a like they could literally grab all your information and hold it there. Whereas for me, like all your information for everything, you use like the Play Store and everything. But for me, like they just grab my information from me searching using their using their search engine, and that's it. Yeah. And now that you think about it, there's also Yahoo too. Technically, they're still oh, yeah. around. Yes. Okay. So now we're actually getting into the, what are these uh, dark patterns exactly? Like, what are the, some examples of these things that they've been finding? So we talked about privacy by default. And they say that even though although many services that collect per and process personal information, 
provide users with privacy services, these settings are presented in many different ways and that most will let um, users will never look at, let alone change the default settings. And this yep. is true. Most people true. just download something, sign up and go about their merry way. Like they don't really even, dig deep. Even like the little disclaimer thing, like no one reads that. Everybody just clicks, everybody just clicks okay. Yep. And like they're, they're, they're either gonna have like the okay and like a little blue. So they make sure, they make sure like you ignore everything and just automatically click it. Exactly. And that's, that's something else right there that we're gonna get into. Um, so it's mm, there's so many different things that's like it's a marketer's dream but at the same time it's a privacy it's experts nightmare. yes <laughs> and this is going to get them into a lot of trouble especially with gdpr because these things essentially are non-gdpr compliant because they're making it difficult for the customer to get to their personal and privacy settings so on the terms of all of this we're going to get into uh what it is so the facebook gdpr pop-up requires users to go into manage data settings and turn off ads based on data from third parties if the user simply clicks accept and continue the settings automatically turned on and it is not privacy by default because it's actually like nudging you to just click accept because hey this what exactly what did you just talk about you talked about the big blue button that looks warm and inviting and click me now compared to the grayed out button which says manage data settings <laughs> so we have essentially one step which is getting seeing the information which is right up in here then we have the next step which is either accept and continue or go in and change your stuff, which technically could have just been uh, turn. I do not allow and continue because it's not like they're saying you cannot use our service. If you don't have this on, they quite literally say, you know, this is just data from third parties. You want on or off, but they make you go to another step to another screen to then say, do I want to allow it or not? I don't want to allow it and then I have to click save. So essentially they're making it more difficult for you to get to the settings to turn them off. Apparently Google does similar things. Um, so for example, the settings to store location history, device information and voice and audio activity are turned off until turned the, oh, I'm hearing myself. Ooh. Um, um, hmm. Hmm. did something change? Like, do you not be playing or something? I don't think you have it anymore. Testing. Okay. No, I, I can't hear it anymore. So that's, that's good. Um, so yeah, the, to store the, all this information are turned off until the act, the user actively changes them and enables them. So that's that element but when it comes to ad personalization you actually have to go into the privacy dashboard to disable them thanks for telling me that bernard like i'm i'm glad that i'm not getting that echo anymore 
And I think you're my first commenter on Mob Crush. Welcome. What is that? That's a uh, new platform that we're streaming on. Um, oh. Yeah. Okay. So essentially both Google and Facebook make it so that your privacy settings are actually, in, 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 well, disabled by default. Um or pre-selected to the least privacy-friendly options. At least so this is saying. Additionally, <laughs> 30 minutes late is better than nothing at all. Welcome back, Juan. Um, both services do hide away in obscure pre-selected settings so that users who simply click the agree or accept, accept buttons will never see the settings and it is hard to know what is pre-selected. So quite literally, you could be allowing a bunch of stuff, not know, and instead of it giving you, say, right above. So, for example, on this Facebook one, they could have just simply allowed spaces to say, do I want to allow this, that, and that? And you'd be good. Like, they wouldn't have had this problem. It's, it's called being transparent and not trying to make things harder for the consumer to protect themselves. So... The next example um, is the G Google's GDPR pop-up, where the user must scroll through some screens of text, among other things, that is noticed that users can opt out of seeing ads based on your interests. And you can choose to agree or click the edit settings button after scrolling. This is pretty much what it looks like. So essentially, uh, the mobile version, both options are controlled by one button, which is on by default. But the web version, you actually have to go in and like turn on, like go into things, go another step, turn things on and off. Not that great. And they say here that it is impossible to tell if ads personalization across the web is turned on or off by default because quite literally it has two buttons, both are yellow, says turn on and turn off. And I'll admit that one's confusing. Like, to see the exact same button like shouldn't they have grayed one of them out or something mm, yes they should have because like why is usually grayed out like it's like a toggle yeah like that would that would make the most sense to me as a design thing but i guess if they want to intentionally confuse you then this is the way to go so yeah if that was the case see more useful ads on youtube and the two plus million websites that partner with Google and show ads. Yeah, I can see where they wouldn't want people to really turn that off because then that's revenue for them. That's that's really sketchy there, Google. That's really sketchy, man. Your company. <laughs> watch when they start focusing on Apple. You watch. I shall wait to see. Meanwhile, the mobile version quite literally is just a toggle, like what it should have been. And you can turn it on and off. And it, it tells you exactly when it's on and off. So it's not confusing. So I don't know why they just didn't do that with the like overall thing. Now, the next thing that they're talking about here is that, for example, with Facebook and user recognition, well, face recognition, um, if you want to turn it off, you actually have to go into the settings and actively turn it off. It's turned on by default, meaning it's learning your face 
by default. Um, which is not really that great, especially if you don't want your face all across everywhere. And this is uh, why. Actually, no. This is, I also, this is why I have my camera covered so they, they can't access my camera to see my face. So they can, <laughs> they can, if, if a person's upload a lot of photos of themselves, they could actually use that to map out your face when they're in your face. That is true too. And got him. Uh, we're actually, well, we're looking at a report that was done by the NCC essentially going over why social media and a lot of even i should say tech companies are trying to manipulate users with dark patterns um essentially ways to that they use to manipulate you into giving up or well yeah just giving up your privacy um exactly one they they have most things that regard to privacy that pretty much limit your level of privacy to default meaning that you don't actually have all that much and even with turning on face recognition um if you want to turn the setting on with we'll using blah 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 select accept if you just want to continue but if you want to turn it off you have to once again click manage data settings and you have to go to the next step and turn it off there and then click save so it kind of hides it in a sense whereas Windows 10 requires that users actively click on a choice they prefer every step. There is no pre-selected choices, so in order to progress, the user must make an affirmative selection. So, for example, you see everything right here, and you click yes, or you see everything right here, and you click no. There is no click here to then go into here and then see the settings and then save it. No, you, you make your choices, and then it takes you to the next step. Like that's essentially what they're saying the way forward should be with these kind of things. Which then goes into this next section, which is the ease of access. So we're going to skip over this. But I do want to point out this one thing right here. So, for example, with Google's GDPR, it was when you pop when it pops up, it gives you a blue button to accept and continue to use the service with alternatives requiring a click-through of a number of different sub-menus or where it has other options. So it doesn't even really seem like a button. It seems more like text you can click on, maybe. Um, and you're only really getting that feeling because generally on the web, blue text is a link. Yeah, it's usually like a hyperlink. it seems you have another fan. Oh, maybe? <laughs> oh. Okay, smokiest. Uh, let's let's calm that down right there. That's not appropriate. My virgin eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Let's pull that right over there. Okay. So. Let's see. Um, ooh. okay, yeah, I can't really do anything with that, but anyway, let's move on. Uh, so again, the number of clicks equaled up for no as it is for yes with Windows 10, meaning that it is one of the better choices, but 
they do something that is a little not so kosher, which is when you actually take a look at choosing between different options. The option that gives the least amount of privacy has a light bulb that's turned on versus a light bulb that's dimmed out for those that doesn't give as much access into your life. So essentially it's saying like, this is the one you want, not this one. And the better way to do it is just to have, you know, no particular image saying like, this is which, this is the better option. You're just going to have like certain things to accentuate what they what they're pointing you towards. Yes, basically. exactly. So if we then take a look a little bit further on, they do something very similar as well. Uh, when it comes to darts, like for example, yes, apps can use advertising IDs to provide more personalized advertising in accordance to privacy policies of the app provider that has a thrown dart hitting right in the center versus no, the number of ads you see won't be, won't change, but they may be less relevant to you. Doesn't have a dart on it. So it's kind of like saying again, you know, this is, oh, this boy. is the one. Yeah, exactly. And apparently they're saying that Microsoft and Windows 10 has faced criticism for their data collection and use. However, these practices, thank you for following Smokiest. Um, however, these practices were not particularly apparent in the Windows 10 update that were analyzed for that report. Now, they do say that all of the services nudge users towards accepting data collection through a combination of positioning and visual cues. But Facebook and Google go further with a significant larger amount of steps in order to limit, especially since Windows 10, again, everything is equal. It's either yes or no, and you move on. How much data they collect from? Like most people have a PC. I guess like I feel like most of the world have a PC over and then over a Mac and uh, Linux. But I'm like, man, you know how much data it is they collecting? Well, I would I would reckon to say that Apple does something very similar because I have a feeling that they have something inside their systems that tells them what kind of things people use, how often they use them. So it essentially tells them what they need to work on next. So in some ways, they're probably still tracking you that you're probably not aware of. It's sad. So, people, usually, people usually complain and they don't listen to them until like years later. Exactly. So when it comes to Windows 10, yes, they do mention ads. And there are some ads here and there and some stuff that like games and whatnot. Overall, though, I don't really see ads on Windows 10. So I don't really have to worry about that. Nor do I use Windows, I mean, Internet Edge or Internet Explorer are most of their default like programs that you don't have to pay for. So but you use a lot of Google programs. I think like, yeah, I feel like yeah, 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 default browser is Google Chrome. Are you one of those people? I am, yes. Meanwhile you're, you're probably I'm I'm Safari. Yeah. <laughs> you're dodging one bullet to hit the next. Yeah. Essentially. But with Google Chrome, I am stopping tracking by using extensions, so they, I'm less trackable. Oh, smart guy. 
the average Joe wouldn't have used uh, an extension. There's the download Google Chrome, click, 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 and go about their business. Exactly. And one, if you're worried about your passwords, do take a look at one of the password managers like 1Password, uh, LastPass. There's a number of good ones out there. So you may have to pay a little bit to get some of the best features, but they generally have like a free option inside there somewhere. Um, I know Intel bought a uh, password manager company, which is the one that I used previously. Um, but you can maybe store your passwords in those and that can be accessed. Most of them can be accessed across your computer and your mobile phone as well. So you don't have to necessarily worry about your passwords all that much or them being stolen. And it'll give you uh, individualized passwords per uh, website. And if you use one password, like we had mentioned in the last episode, not the interview um, 3.5, 35.5, but actual episode 35, you would know that... Um, they're actually built in something as well, where they, if your password or your email address on a website is cracked and it's saved inside one of those, or even if it just knows your email address, then it'll let you know that, Hey, you may want to change your password on this particular website. So that might help you with your password worries. I know, I know one, I should know, I know last pass. If you continue to use the same password once you log in, they turn your little notification and say, Oh, you should change your password. It's the same mm -hmm. as this type of blah, blah, blah. That's actually the one that I use, LastPass. Oh, LastPass? Yep. I use Keychain. Of course. So if I forget hacked, then I'm getting hacked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one of, it's, just, it's just coming one of these days. It's going to happen. I said on my, my cards linked. So that's, that's, that's probably the reason why I'm kind of okay. Because I don't have any of my cards linked to save in safari okay all well, that i know of unless apple was secretly tracking me and they just like magically saved it and i Which, just found it i mean they didn't tell you guys last time so i didn't get hacked last time so i don't get hacked ever ever not call it make sure i don't get hacked <laughs> so the next thing that they kind of talked on was things like positive framing and negative wording so essentially things that again nudge you towards making certain choices and the way that different options are framed is an effective motivating factor um, if you focus on the positive aspects of one choice and glossing over the potentially negative aspects of like choosing that that uh, framed positive one um essentially you're you're lying by omittance essentially <laughs> it's kind of like a bad relationship it's like it's actually kind of like what um was that one um remember that voice note that was inside our chat a few days ago by a particular person who was like oh yeah just don't tell them certain things and so on and so forth yeah. that's that's essentially what this is right here <laughs> You're not necessarily lying, but you're withholding the 100% truth. Yes. Like you're, you're working your way around saying what you have to say. Exactly. So it paints a particular kind of picture to say, hey, what's up? You want to click here. Yeah. Like this is the thing you want to do. 
and then you do that and then you don't know what the hell it is that you just did yeah until it's too late um and they they mentioned you know the whole facebook recognition technology thing being stopped in europe in 2012 because of the whole data issues hey pixel welcome to the stream um and rather than what facebook did rather than addressing or attempting to alleviate the issue uh facebook focused on the positive sides of data sharing so essentially we're going to focus in on why you should share your face with us instead of actually just dealing with the issue so it's kind of like that um you get into a fight with your significant other they cheated and then they were like well at least i didn't like go raw or something i, I had them use a rubber positive aspects right <laughs> They didn't kiss me, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> so that's essentially what they're doing. Um, we're doing well. At least I'm doing well, Pixel. How about you? Vicky, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Tired, but. I think we're all kind of right up inside. They're <laughs> right up in now. <laughs> I think you know what I already went through today, so. No, I thought I was missing from like the the chat like all day, so I missed everything. Ah, uh, well, well, I guess after this, you have like a five minute like voice note to listen to, just to get an idea of what's been going on. I shall. Ah, uh, okay. So the next thing that really is worry is really worrying though is that Facebook instead pretty much what Google did with this whole. Uh, following on the positive aspects of why you should share your data it's not so great because face recognition is a form of biometrics so it's the same thing as learning your voice or learning your fingerprint or learning your tongue print or reading your eyes to unlock your phones like or anything like that it's it's a way to identify you as you and that falls under a certain category of the gdpr which, like we mentioned earlier, actually manages user privacy for the EU. So the fact that Google, instead of trying to fix it, is trying to gloss over it, it's kind of like, eh, yeah, really? Like, d didn't you guys screw up enough? It's like when you, let's see, it's like when you have a small, like when you kind of crack your screen, actually no. When you scratch your phone, but you put like a case over it so you hide it and it looks polished and brand new. Yes. And it still looks appealing to the eye. Exactly. And then you try to sell it to someone. Somebody. Yeah. Put the case on. You don't ever take the case off. Mm hmm So essentially what they did with the Facebook, I mean, sorry, the face recognition thing, and they actually have it here. And this is a quote directly from the Facebook page that if you keep face recognition turned off we won't be able to use this technology if a stranger uses your photo to impersonate you if someone uses a screen reader they won't be told when you're on a photo unless you're tied and essentially that kind of comes off as a scary thing like oh well if you turn this off bad things will happen so that's not really good especially if you're going on the privacy element of things like okay just because i do this I appreciate you telling me this, but like, do you need to make it this scary sounding? Like, maybe they could have done something like, "Hey, if you turn this off, um, we won't be able to really 
tell you if something i guess they technically do that hmm see this this is where it becomes a little tricky because if you want you want people to be able to know that you have this feature but you also want them to know the consequences if you turn it off so i'm not sure about this one what do you think vicky I think I think I've had I've seen that before, like where I went to turn off something and like gave me like a warning. But if they don't want me to turn it off, and they would, they would word it in like a certain way where it would come off as though, like, like it's kind of like one of those. I'm pretty sure everybody's seen this. Like they pop up ads and be like warning, warning, yeah, like that. Mm-hmm. So they're probably gonna word it in a way where it comes off, but like it's kind of like jumping at you. Like, hey, this is a warning. You shouldn't do this. Blah blah blah. Because they don't, they're trying to deter you from selecting the option that would benefit you but they want you to use the option that would benefit them so they want you to leave it on if i'm if i make sense yeah you are yeah so and i can see the reason why they worded that way kind of like a threat but not directly yeah it's like a softer threat basically like a softened threat now they then go on to say that you know even though users were not that apparently users were not in fully involved well informed of the full scope of everything and they use selective uses of um, examples that pretty much got you to choose this particular option um and again they're going through the whole click one thing instead of turning it on and off uh, you got to click here then you got to cl- read this and click there and then it takes you to yet another screen to which either you allow it or don't allow it Instead of you just clicking accept and continue as before. So it, it make this example right here is almost like a trifecta of what you should not be doing. One, you're already making one button more presentable to the next. So you're, you're trying to get people to click on it. Then the next thing is that when they click on the one to actually view it, um, well, not even just that. Instead of it having two options, yes or no, you then have to go into another step to then do it, and then, then another step past that. And then we get into what we just talked about, where they don't give the full piece of information so that people can make full choices. Mm-hmm. Now, Google does uh, things a little pretty much the same way uh so for example they were talking about the receiving personalized ads um and we already showed about the windows update with the whole icon kind of thing and they say that all three companies presented the settings that maximize data collection as a positive option dark patterns such as skewed wording focus on positive such as improve services glossing over potential negative consequences and not explaining the full extent of the choices all serve to nudge users towards allowing wider data collection and use. So, yeah. So far, these companies aren't really doing so well. Windows, which is a little surprising, is I'm surprised that they're like doing so well inside of this. It's mainly, it's mainly Facebook and Google that's, that's really killing that's really like hmm how should i sit so yeah basically makes me facebook and google is really winning this one windows is like kind of like the kind of mid-level but facebook and google have like the higher advantage 
is it really an advantage though like this is probably because they're like even though windows is used the most when persons log on to their windows device they automatically go to either go to google chrome because like most i feel most people use google chrome and opposed to from what i've heard my personal experience i've seen most people that use google chrome then the default browser is on their device um so that's probably the reason why so they automatically go to google product and then they, their search engine their search engine is google mm-hmm. so i highly doubt like i don't think most people use bing well from my experience, I'm going to see my experience, I haven't seen much persons use Bing um, or Yahoo. A lot of people use Google. And there are a lot of people that go on Facebook. So yep. this is probably why, like, as soon as they, they would log on to the Windows device, jump on Google, go on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So that's probably the reason why they're doing, well, they're higher off than, they're higher off in the ladder than Windows. Because they're not really going on their Windows device, like, oh, hey, you know, I'm going to check out the Windows store. Or, hey, I'm going to use the default browser, which is Internet Edge. Edge. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I, I, I can see where you're coming from with that, and I can agree with that. I can, I can actually agree with that. So, hmm. And, you know... I can say Twitter isn't in the mix. Just showing how Facebook is of the devil. Vicky? So that's what most people say. Facebook is of the devil. They're saying it for a completely different set of reasons. It's because they get like exposed on Facebook. Oh, I thought thought, they said it because like persons usually get hooked to to, like most of like, I don't know what it is, but Zuckerberg apps. Like people just like automatically get sucked into them. It's happened with Instagram, Facebook, WhatsApp. Like you go on there for one thing and end up like doing multiple things. I always thought that, that was the reason why people say that, you know, Facebook's not the devil. Mm. Okay, so that was kind of true, especially when it came to games on Facebook, which is, I think, kind of died out now. I used to be there playing cafe. It was cafe something. And that in Farmville like, and yeah. Yes, yeah, so I used to be in school. Gotta make sure my gotta make sure my my guacamole and burn up. <laughs> but I'm glad I left that life, that life behind me. It's between I would think it's between that and people getting exposed for doing shady stuff. Um, that is the real reason why people said you know Facebook is of the devil because you can't really hide and so you're always getting into trouble. Interesting. This is why you don't post. This is why you don't post and put everything in your life on social media. Exactly. Um, I would reckon to say Twitter is probably more of the devil now, though, if you really take a look at the, at the content. <laughs> Touche. But I don't post much of my stuff on Twitter. If I post on Twitter, it's usually something anime, TV, or movie related. Or comic. So. This is true. Mm-hmm. Or tech. Yes, all that too, and mango. Yeah. But other than that, like I really have photos of myself on Twitter. And so then they come up to, and we're getting back into this now, rewards and punishment. And essentially, this is uh, again that whole bidding thing to give to make you choose particular things instead of um, thinking about the long game. So let's say we're going to give you this feature here. And you're going to give us your privacy. 
It's essentially what it is. Or give you it like we're gonna give you a discount, and you know you're gonna give us like all your email information and all your contacts. Especially if it's like a premium feature, and you're on like, and you're on like the basic account. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Connect yeah. your contacts for a five percent discount. Mm-hmm. So it's it's things like that, and you know that's even part of like when you first sign up for or when you log back into a facebook account and then asks like do you want to sync your contacts yes especially on the messenger app yep and so it's going to gather all of your contact information all their email addresses all their passwords well not passwords but um phone numbers any pictures that you have of them it's going to try to grab as much information as possible and if you go from facebook onto like a website you're going to see them there they're going to be and then you go to Instagram, you're going to see them there as well. They may be in like the suggested mm-hmm. to follow. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So that's, that's that element of it. Um, and then even when it comes to like your, here's an example. Um, when it comes to Facebook's GDPR pop-up, users were presented with an apparent choice regarding the new user terms. Hidden above the big blue I accept button, the clickable text said, see your options. And essentially, uh, you know, by tapping, I accept the so on and so forth. The see your options is almost hidden away as part of the text instead of just like a, having its own button. Um, so it, it, it kind of is like, well, I only have the choice to accept, so I may as well accept. Or I can't move forward. Yeah. And then if you click that, then apparently it says, if you don't accept these, you can't continue to use Facebook. You can delete your account and we'll give you the option to download a copy of your information first. You can either close and then click I accept or delete account. That's not so great. (laughs) One saying, yes, we know that they are away and yes, follow and when they're signed off on their accounts. Yeah. Yep. So uh, apparently Google does something a little similar. Uh, when it's being sent to the privacy dashboard, users were, among other things, told that they will lose the ability to block or mute ads. There is no explanation of what mute ads entails. Um, it could be to turn off sound in ads, for example, on YouTube, or disable certain kinds of ads. And when it's not clear, some users could worry about choosing this option since the example uh, noisy ads in a work environment would be very problematic. Which is true when you really think about it. And now I think about it, they never really give you an option to block or mute ads. Unless it's like, skip this ad. And that's not really blocking or muting them, is it? You're just skipping them so what are they talking about with blocking and muting that that may be wait on youtube can you mute the ad until it's finished playing i usually just is like i because I've, I've gotten so accustomed to it i usually just like listen to the tone and do a little wiggle but <laughs> but i don't remember can you can you mute them actually you i can i don't know um, if you can, then the, then that may be what they're referring to. 
to give me the option to mute the ad and tell like the I think it's five second time frame is up, then you can skip it. Maybe. I mean, again, I'm not the best judge of that because I don't actually get ads on YouTube. Oh, you have a you have a VPN? You have it blocked? Well, I have my block my um my ad blocker going. Yes, but I also have the premium service, so I don't see ads by default. Excuse me. <laughs> Um, and apparently by contrast, you know, Windows 10 update, which had its own issues of continuously appearing and being very persistent and annoying, um, users were presented with a choice between sending basic or full diagnostic data to Microsoft. Both options included a disclaimer that regardless of whether you choose either one, your device will be equally secure and operate normally. That's kind of telling customers, you know, regardless of the thing. You don't have to worry you're safe you can still use it like this is this is how you this is good guy microsoft right now essentially now that i think about it i always just click share on my <laughs> so do you know when when you update the when you update your mac os mm -hmm. and, and your iphone ios 2 and tv os like you have the option to like share your share your diagnosis with the developers notice it doesn't only it. it doesn't really say apple it says the developers yeah meaning and it's always in bold text and like the little subtext is usually small but i never read it i, I never read i always just see the bold text and like oh you know this is probably gonna help the app and let me help it to like improve and do better so i automatically click yes chill exactly and see that's nudging as well like, I don't know if you realize that. Hey, William, welcome to the stream. William Carroll. Um, but yeah, that's that's essentially another version of it right there as well. Like, so essentially, yeah, Apple's doing the same kind of shady stuff too, just not as much. Nice yep. A nice simplistic, simplistic layout that you never really pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Just open this up really quick. <laughs> I didn't notice it until until now. That's how they trick you. That's how that's how they get tricky with it. Uh, okay, watch that. Okay, you left out the Apple things till the end. <laughs> well, we're we're still not done with Apple just yet. More than likely. We probably will find some other stuff here and there. Yeah, also there might be something else that I may, I mean, tag. Mm-hmm. So, um, then we have the next option, which is forced action and timing. So this is that whole uh, 15 minutes to call in kind of thing coming up into effect again. Well, you know, consumers often using digital services on their phone while on the go. Forcing users to in between actions on the spot is a particularly strong nudge because then, you know, they don't want to miss out. And this is where the whole thing that Google's recently been talking about, FOMO, fear of missing out, and a lot of other tech companies are starting to do with, especially when it comes to digital wellness. Um, fear of missing out is a big, big thing. So when you are faced with a option of FOMO, 
Yeah, that's not a really good place where you want to put your people. It's great for marketers because then it puts them in that place and makes them want to probably click on your stuff. But for a consumer, mm -hmm. it's not so great. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, I say you're on a train and you're already doing something. Mm -hmm. and it makes you stop and you need to try to get off the train. Like you're, like you're not focusing on what you're doing, just not click OK. Yep. And like they may have the, the option to be like, oh, you know, you can download the privacy disclaimer to like read later, but you won't even see that option because it is automatically going to click OK because something's happening in front of you and you wasn't paying attention because you're on your phone. Yep. So here's actually a pretty good example. Um, with Facebook and the GDPR pop-up, you've got two options. Get started or click X. And if you clicked X, then it then comes up with another pop-up that says you need to finish reviewing these settings to continue using Facebook. This gives an impression that you will the user will be blocked from using Facebook until the settings have been reviewed. And that turned out to be false. So you could have actually just continued using Facebook. You didn't actually have to go through this. And that's the forced action or the illusion of forced actions. That's not so great either. It's usually annoying. Like if you're scrolling on Facebook mm -hmm. and you're already looking at something and like this pop-up comes in your face and they go, you got to do this, blah, blah, blah. You're just like trying to hurry up, get back to finish what you're looking at. So you're just going to automatically click. What they what they want you to collect exactly i'm now noticing all these things <laughs> i never paid attention to them before i thought you to click okay yeah it's these things that we just because we're so like blah this is a lot of reading yeah, and we don't like to read it. yeah exactly oh, my coworker, one of my coworker calls it the my way of generation. The one calls it the popcorn generation. I have no clue which one it is, but I get the gif of where they're coming from. I we're, think it's the microwave really, generation. We're really, hmm, I hope the one's listening. <laughs> She's probably not. She's probably napping, but. Probably. You know, like we're, <laughs> we just want things right then and there. Like we don't want to wait. Mm-hmm. So. On the desktop version of the app, uh, Facebook essentially though, according to the information, sorry, according to the information available, not be circumvented without going through the process, red dots signifying message notifications were the only part of a regular Facebook interface that was visible during the process. Meaning that you could have only really seen your messages or that you had messages. And so it made you feel like, you know, I need to get to those messages. So I need to go through this which places pressure on you to want to get through it quickly and give up your privacy. So they're saying that if this was deliberate, it's a very clear example of using dark patterns to manipulate users yet again. Yes, especially like, well, I haven't set up a Facebook account in a while, but I know with certain accounts, like when you set them up, like they automatically send you like a little inbox to be like, hey, XYZ, that is the case. Like, that's an example there where mm -hmm. like, you can see the, the, the bubble, but it's not really something important, but you think it's important. So you just don't have to rush through it. Exactly. And I'm, I'm showing you an example of it. It quite literally, it doesn't even say like it has numbers to say like how many chats or notifications you have. 
it just has a big red circle on both of them to make you feel like you know there's stuff there so that's tricky tricky facebook yeah essentially um facebook does other things as well so for example with their gdpr pop-up it also stated that the user must follow the review sorry must review the settings before continuing the service and users had to scroll through a short summary of google's privacy policy and according to the text reviewing the pop-up seems to be a prerequisite for continued use of google's services so they quite literally say we'll need you to do this in order to continue using google services which is not as bad as facebook but still kind of bad that you have to like agree to this before you can do anything else but then again it does make sense like they're just trying to protect themselves from like the gdpr fine which is an absorbent amount i think it's like uh it's either ten thousand or ten million dollars per fine don't quote me on that but i know it's 10 something and it's not 10 hundred now they also give the illusion of control so these pop-ups for example and the privacy dashboard for both facebook and google say that they give us a bunch of control over our data um so for example they're saying that studies that have indicated that people who uh, have gotten these things are more susceptible to take more risks when disclosing sensitive information and this creates a for the main reason because they think they have control over this stuff they're willing to give more control away essentially if that makes sense mm-hmm. and makes sense. this creates a paradox because you don't have as much control as you have for starters and then you're giving away control because you think you have it and so it's both of them clashing against one another for a unreasonable end essentially yep. and uh quite literally google my account splash page says you're in control you can easily, easily delete specific items or entire topics you can also change your settings and decide what data gets associated with your account and while this is true for a lot of stuff this isn't all of your information that google has on you like this is only certain things like your search, your anything that you're doing with uh, voice notations or like what you're saying to Google or whatever it is to then uh, type out for you. Anything with the apps that you're opening, the sites that you're the searches that you're searching for, essentially anything like that. It's allows you to delete or search through or whatnot, but say other things like uh what's actually being taken away from particular apps what kind of things you're really clicking on inside those apps what kind of things you're clicking on on the websites which google is storing via analytic codes and stuff like that they're not talking about that at all even though technically that's still pertaining to you um facebook for example is like you control whether we use data from partners to show you ads but they're still going to show you ads regardless um It is clear that it's not a question of controlling data collection, but it's a setting about which ads you'll see. Google does uh, the whole thing that I just talked about, easily deleting specific items or entire topics. But, you know, 
in order they essentially tested it about the ease of deleting specific items or entire topics they attempt to delete all location data from a dummy google account and two personal accounts the user test was performed by clicking through the privacy dashboard so on and so forth um they used a desktop and the settings essentially are spread throughout many different pages in the test both initial testers ended up going through between 30 and 40 different links in an attempt to locate delete all location option that is insane like just just to turn this thing off i don't know a lot and then you get tired of like two links yeah so i know between 30 and 40 that's a lot exactly so uh yeah that's that's not really that great after that they pretty much just have to say that you know by giving users an overwhelming amount of granular choices to micromanage google has designed a privacy dashboard that according to their analysis actually discourages users from changing or taking control of settings or deleting bulks of data simultaneously as noted the presence and claims of complete user control may be insensitive sorry incentivize users to share more personal data mm-hmm. and have you ever heard of these places that will then say oh well you can always take your data along with you whenever you want to go somewhere yep you're essentially just downloading it you're not able to really manage it per se like it's just a bunch of raw data it's hundreds of pages of raw data they have on you so you're not really taking your stuff it's not like it's a set of papers that's on a table and you're just taking it they still have their copy you're just downloading their copy you're you're essentially copying your information not taking it with you and here is a flowchart example of facebook so you this is this is really bad um required review your data settings you can leave without reviewing or you need to finish reviewing these to continue to use and if you decide no you leave facebook or you click get started we show you better ads by using your data from advertisers app developers and publishers you can either accept that or say let's manage it then you want to turn off ads based on data from partners continue then you control whether we use data from your partner from partners to show ads you don't allow then you got to click save your choice has been saved then it takes you back and then you have to go back and then you have to close and then you click accept and continue so it's things like that that just make it really difficult for people to actually manage this stuff just from the basic stuff um google's a little better as an example um where it just takes everything and shoves it off which i think is probably one of the better ways but the fact that it isn't all on one page for you to choose from is pretty bad i think what they probably should do and vicky you can tell me if you agree with me or not on this is give the options and then have a button there that says learn more that takes you to another page and gives you more information about your choice yeah, so it'd be better to set it on just like taking everything and sweeping it to the side. Exactly. Kind of like that, pushing it underneath a rug. 
uh, they hope that you don't like have like a piece of paper is like sticking out they're hoping that you don't happen to like go underneath that rock to see what that paper is exactly and windows 10 is almost completely straightforward with their stuff so yeah no one, uses that default, no one uses that default setting so all the default programs no not much people i should say no most most don't so overall and i'll be honest i'm a little surprised that this report hasn't really come up almost anywhere like there's only like a view a very few select places where you i found this information about this report it hasn't really touched any mainstream media which is surprising mm -hmm. especially since you know facebook is mentioned and they're all after yeah, facebook they could have paid them off there's that the power of money um but yeah like i one of the reasons why we really wanted to touch on this topic is because it wasn't really talked about anywhere and the people that actually like even the articles that i saw didn't really get into detail with it so for example um i saw one on TechCrunch, and i'll show that just right now that pretty much goes over it and very very briefly it's probably like less than it's probably like 10 paragraphs if that the actual website that it was shared to with and actually that did it i should say um just gives you like this really quick video as well so i'll play that for not scrolling you agreed to watch this video we're disconcerting news about how leading tech companies manipulate their users Facebook and Google makes us share personal information with cunning design, confusing interfaces, and take it or leave it options. Knowledge of what we like, where we are, who our friends are, our political conviction, our sexual preferences are all being tracked, and it makes out the core of the business model of these companies. This data can be used to manipulate you or target ads at you when you are at your most vulnerable. Facebook and Google are acting in an unethical manner, contrary to new data protection laws. The default settings should be the least intrusive to our privacy, and we should be in control over how our information is shared and how it's being used. In our opinion, Facebook and Google are far from complying with the rules and do not provide us with meaningful choices. Yeah, so essentially that's, that's it in a nutshell. They give some basic information about uh, sharing by default and they kind of just leave it at that so even the site that made it doesn't get into full detail about it which is kind of weird when you really think about it so something happened something happened behind the scenes that we don't know about the reason why it never surfaced maybe i wouldn't be surprised but at the same point this is it seems like a dutch website and most of the tech blogs and stuff like that are don't really look at that side of the world all that much they hear gdpr and whatnot but do they do enough research to find something like this i don't know but that's a little disappointing if that was the case i'm hoping it's it's bad that i'm hoping that it's more that they were paid off 
Wow, I just realized I just caught myself with that. But um you have seen you've seen this one. Okay. I'm guessing you've seen the video or I'm or at least the article. I'm not sure which one you're talking about. Um but anyway, yeah, Vicky, so final thoughts on this? Mm, let's see. What can I tell the crowd? <laughs> um I guess my final thoughts just be like, you know, before you guys just go being a part of my group generation, just click and think maybe you should read and go check your Facebook and Google settings after you're finished listening slash watching the show. I will say that I was I was actually surprised at the amount of stuff that was hidden away. And this actually caused me to go through a lot of my settings on a bunch of different things to try to find out like what all was changed and whatnot. Or what have I been missing or what was turned on by default that should have probably have been turned on. And I found quite a few things. Which so <laughs> I would suggest you do that. Especially if you were one of those persons, like Vicky said, that just clicked on stuff instead of reading through. Um, I thought I did a due diligence. Uh, apparently, I did not. So, <laughs> go Google was looking out for you, but in actuality, they were looking out for themselves. Oh, we already we already know we're the product. This 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 for the everything. <laughs> Just like how you guys are the product for Apple stuff as well. That's they they use your they use the the fanaticism of you guys to sell more stuff. They say, you know, we have so many people that they're in love with it. Why aren't you in love with it? Yep. And everybody else, let me say that. Apple Apple products has just hit that that standpoint whereas you have to have one in the world. Like people would look at you differently if you don't have an Apple product. It has to be it has to be the like the cream of the crop, the premium product. If it's not the premium product, like oh, okay, this is a basic Apple product. Yeah, I'll admit though, like I have, I've had people ask me if my phone's an iPhone just because it kind of looks like it, and then the look on their faces when I say no, it's, it's an Android. It's like, it's like mm. uh, disappointment. Yeah, ah, the world we live in yeah but yeah i'd like to thank everyone that decided to jump into the chat and actually like be a part of the episode as well as all the followers and subscribers that we had um we actually had a few this time we had uh, like five and i'd like to thank my co-host Raquel for coming on to today's show you're welcome and taking the time to read through this 40 page Thanks. report yeah. <laughs> which we then went over today which took a lot longer than i thought it would have originally um so yeah until next time which is going to be next week thursday at 6 p.m 6 30 p.m eastern standard time or if you're watching this or listening to the podcast then you know you can jump into twitch stream um mob crush mixer periscope facebook or listen to us on your favorite podcast like uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, pretty much anywhere you listen to your podcast, we're probably there. Until next time, it's Michael Amargon. Take care. <laughs>